All right, Luke chapter number 10 tonight, Luke chapter number 10, and uh, thank you for all those that signed up for the, um, uh, for the VBS stuff, uh, the sign-up sheet is full, uh, so thank you for helping uh, with that, and uh, if you've not checked out the hallway yet, uh, we got a good jump, a good start on the hallway, uh, Zach and Christina uh, Yates have been working really hard on uh, the decorating and decorating some of the rooms and and in um, the hallway here um, to my left and to your right. And so, uh, looking forward, of course, to VBS. Hope you're praying for it and um, uh, praying about it. Uh, there is, if you've not got registered, there's these things back there in the back on the um, Zoomerang table and uh, gives you a website that you can go and register your kids, um, grandkids, um, and, um, and, and get registered early uh, uh, beforehand. And that'll be a big help when it comes to day one. Uh, the less we have, especially of our people, the less we have lined up to sign up, the better. Okay, the quicker things go. Because we always have people that just walk in that have not registered, and so we have to register them. Uh, and then it's just waiting, and nobody really enjoys waiting. So um, we're going to try to make that as efficient as possible. And one of the best ways is to um, pre-register uh, with your kids, and that will be a big help. Uh, there's also a sign-up sheet in the back uh, as well for uh, the Jenkins uh, anniversary. Uh, sign-up sheet in the back if you... Um, uh, are planning uh, to uh, come to that. Uh, that's going to be on July 1st. Is that right? July 1st, right over here in the Fellowship Hall. And uh, if you would like to go to that, please be sure uh, to sign up for that. Uh, it just helps to be able to uh, plan uh, and, uh, and be ready uh, for, um, uh, for that. So that's going to be uh, back there in the foyer as well. Luke chapter number 10 tonight, Luke chapter number 10. So I, I really planned on getting a little bit further uh, than I did um, previous uh, this morning, uh, but I didn't quite get as far as I wanted to. And so um, we, uh, we're going to pick up where we left off uh, this morning out of this parable uh, of the Good Samaritan. Look with me in Luke chapter 10, verse number 30, and Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for the opportunity that we have uh, to be able to meet together tonight. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, speak to our hearts like only you can. Change us Make us more like you. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So if we're going to kind of, of course, uh, this morning was, uh, well, uh, it's all day today. It was Father's Day. Uh, and, uh, but more than just fathers, we as Christians, uh, if we're going to exemplify the things that God 
wants us to be. You know, God tells us that we need to be an example of the believer. An example of the believer. And so uh, that has to do with our testimony. That has to do with our words. It has to do with our actions. And uh, not only being hearers of God's word, uh, but James says doers of God's word as well. And as we uh, are doers of God's word, we must uh, remember that we need to show God's love. We need to show God's love. We talked about that uh, uh, extensively this morning about showing God's love. And how do we show God's love? We looked at that here uh, in this parable of the Good Samaritan uh, in Luke chapter number 10. The first thing we need to do is see. The first thing we need to do is see. And we talked about uh, this morning more than just physically seeing. So You'll notice in this parable, the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, all three physically saw the man, right? This man, he was from, going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was beaten, stripped, robbed, and left for dead. And so three different people came by, and these three different people, the two, first two representing religion, uh, came by and saw the man. Jesus made a point to say that they actually saw the man, okay? So they physically put their eyes on him, and the Bible says they passed by on the other side. And so they saw him and then gave a great birth around him so that they wouldn't have to go over to him or hear him, both the priest and the Levite. I find it interesting. The priest and the Levite would both be on their way, to service for God, but they didn't have time for a, a hurting man on the side of the road. And so the Samaritan man, remember we talked about it this morning, the Samaritans were not loved by the Jews. <laughs> Matter of fact, they were, uh, they were hated. They called them dogs. Uh, they went around Samaria. They wouldn't even go through Samaria and... Um, uh, they'd go around it if, if they had to get somewhere. And so they didn't like the Samaritans when Jesus chose to use the Samaritan. So I want, you to, I want you to know something that we see throughout the Word of God. God delights in using people we wouldn't think that God would use. God delights in doing and using uh, 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 doing things and using people where that God gets the glory and not man gets the glory. And so uh, he uses this, uh, you know, the, in this parable, in the story, he uses this Samaritan man where everybody he was speaking to knew what he was talking about when he was talking about a Samaritan man. And matter of fact, he gets to the bottom of this parable and he says, uh, 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 to them, okay, so tell me which one of these three did the neighborly thing? Which one of these things did the right thing? Which one of these people did the right thing? And, they, and Jesus wanted them to understand that the Levite didn't, the priest didn't. They had to answer the third one. I mean, that, you know, the, the third, that third one, you know, that, that Samaritan person. And sometimes we put people to the side and we have this notion. You know, I tell you right now, if, you know, 
Nicholas Cage got saved. I mean, if this famous football player got saved, if this famous if they got saved, man, they'd turn the world upside down for Christ. Which they may. We don't know. But understand, it's not in our personality. It's not in what we're made up of. It's all in Jesus Christ. He's the one that does the work, right? He's the one uh, in whom we get the power and strength to do the things that we do because God is to get the honor and the glory. And so uh, we talked about this morning that we need to open up our eyes. In Romans chapter uh, 13, Romans chapter 13, let me read a verse to you that we didn't get to this morning. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. The scripture says this, Romans 13 and 11, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is salvation nearer than when we believed. And now, knowing the time, it is High time. You see, not only opening our eyes physically. Now, obviously, here in Romans chapter 13, he's not alluding to you taking a nap and you need to wake up from your nap because you were snoring. What was he talking about? He's talking about spiritually, we need to wake up and see. The psalmist said, open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. Open up my eyes that I might be able to see, not only physically, but really, more more importantly, spiritually. We used the example this morning of Jesus, and when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Why was he moved with compassion? Not because they didn't have enough food, not because they didn't have enough possessions, not, not, not because of the way they looked. He was moved com- with compassion because they were sheep having no shepherd. He saw the spiritual need. And we need to open up our spiritual eyes and behold the need. And when we see the need, we don't need to pass by the need. When we see the need, we don't need to look and then hopefully they didn't look at us. You ever do that? You ever go down to Savannah? or other places, where they're standing on the side of the road with a sign, and they're asking for money. I, something I have to work on, I don't have a lot of compassion. And, and I'm thinking to myself, if you can stand out in the sun and walk up and down this, this, this road all day long, I, I, the, jump in the car, I'll take you to every place that's, that's, that's hiring. Just get a job. My wife always says, oh, well, it could be, and they could be. And I said, yeah, and they could be swindling me out of money. I'm not giving it to them. So, I mean, I'll buy you food. I'll do all sorts of other things, but I ain't giving you money. And so we go, do you ever do this? Do you ever drive up when you drive up? And you know what they want to do? They want to make eye contact. Sometimes they're so bold, they'll even look in the door, your window like this. Man, I... That's me. Keep on a looking, buddy, because I'm not giving you any money. But you know what they want to do? They want you to look. You know why? 
Do you know, you know remember what the Bible says? The eye affected the heart. I remember when, when, I, when I went to college, just, I was just out of the Navy. I was just saved. Went to college. When we, when we started Trinity, um, it was required that you spend time in a bus ministry. So at the time, children weren't on the top of my list. Let's just put it that way. And uh, especially snotty-nosed kids that, you know, just have an attitude and all this stuff on these bus, bus routes. And so I tried to get out of it. You couldn't. If you, were, you went to Trinity, you had to spend at least a semester in the bus ministry. And then you could pick something else. Well, I spent most of my time in the bus ministry. You know why? Because I saw these kids. Saw the need. I saw how the family struggled. And the eye really affected my heart. And by the way, the opposite was true as well. My route... Boy, my mother-in-law did not care for it. My route was in one of the roughest neighborhoods in Jacksonville, predominantly black, and it was in a rough section. And sometimes I'd go and, and visit at night, and Wendy's mom would fuss and fuss and fuss. You shouldn't be going over there. And I was like, it's fine. We're good. We're doing God's work. So we picked these kids up. Well, I think I told you this before. I'm going to tell you, this is how things affect other people when you see it. You see in a different light. And so we were knocking doors and we, we found this really rough family and, and um, uh, in this neighborhood and, and boy, they just struggled and the dad didn't work and, 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 and the mom had a, had a job and they could barely make ends meet and they had a little boy. He's about Trey's age, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit younger. Just the sweetest kid. I mean, absolutely sweetest kid. He was white. And so we invited him and said, come, we, want, we want you to be on the, you know, we want you to come, to come on the bus route with us. And, and most parents were glad to because they got rid of their kid for several hours on Sunday. And, um, and so he came. Well, man, he came on that bus and he stuck out like a sore thumb. And they ridiculed him. And they picked at him. And they called him names. And I got to the point where I said, okay, enough is enough. So there was a bus driver. I was the bus captain, so I, 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 I kept a hold of the bus. And I said, enough is enough. I've been on the bus for a little while. Enough is enough. I said, wait, and I pulled the kid that was really starting the whole thing aside. And, 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 I, and I was, of course, we were driving. I sat down. I sat him down. I said, listen to me. Jerome, I think his name was. I said, Jerome. I said, you are making no sense whatsoever. Would you call me those names? Would you say that to me? He was looking at me like I had two heads. I said, Drum, do you understand what I'm talking about? Don't you understand? Listen, if you're saying that about him, you're saying that about me. I said, would you do that to me? I said, I said, I said I'm white. He looked at me with the serious, most serious face I've ever seen on a kid. He said, you're not white. You're Brother Joe. And man, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't melt often, okay? But I melted. I was like, just go sit down. And, and, I, and I went to the front of the bus and I'm thinking to myself, how awesome it is. When you see, and you're not seeing just the physical. He didn't see me as a, as a, 
as a white guy. I mean, I got close to these kids. I got close to these families, and, and I, was, I, was, I was Brother Joe. You see what I'm saying? By seeing in a different light, Christians ought to see in a different light. It ought not always be black and white. It always ought not be right and wrong. It always should be, hey, how can I help? Hey, how can I be a blessing? Hey, where can I show the love of God? You see, 1 John chapter 4, right? God is love. And because God is love and because God showed His love towards us, we're to show that love to one another. Are you finding ways? Because there's lots of them out there. You just have to open your eyes and see. It involves showing the love of God. It involves seeing. Number two, showing the love of God not only involves seeing, but showing uh, 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 the love of God involves stopping. It involves stopping. Do you know what kind of society we're in? Go, go, go. I mean, 100 miles an hour. We don't want to wait. Who in the world? Listen to me. Check yourself. If you like to wait in line, you need to check yourself. I mean, I hate waiting in lines. I mean, whether it's in traffic or it's a, a, a roller coaster or wherever it is, I just do not like to wait in lines. I love the places where you get fast passes. Right? Even in the fast passes now, you wait in line. But you, you kind of go by. I'm, not, I'm the person that has the fast pass that's walking by everybody else going, <laughs> you're waiting an hour and a half. I only have to wait 10 minutes. Why? Because I can't stand waiting. Right? Sometimes in life, you got to put the brakes on. Sometimes in life, you see, the Levite and the priest, they were too busy. If you're too busy to show the love of God, you're too busy. You're too busy. You need to slow down. Not, I get it. Sometimes you can't stop. I understand that. I mean, sometimes you can't, I mean, sometimes you can't help. I understand that. But you ought to be open. And you ought to be praying that the Lord gives you opportunity to show the love of God. And sometimes that involves stopping. Went up and saw Miss Page. Sweet, sweet lady. If you ever, if you ever visit Miss Page, she is just a, an absolute sweetheart. But, but just leave your watch in the car. Because Miss Page loves to talk. And then we got to talking and we got, I mean, I sat down. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even hesitate. I walked in. I said, hey, Miss Page. She said, hey, preacher. And I went right over to the chair, kicked the chair back, and we just talked. You know why? You know why we don't, you know why we don't visit people? You know why we don't to show the love of God? Because we just don't think we have the time. Now, I get it. 24 hours, right? That's all you get. So you can't say yes to everything. Some of you have that problem. You want to say yes to everything and everybody. You can't do it. Why? Because you only have so much time. So what do you got to do? You got to prioritize. But this Levite and this priest, they passed by. They had no time for him. I guarantee you the Samaritan was just as busy as the Levite and the, and the priest were. But he stopped. He stopped to help. You see... The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I believe the stops of a good man are also ordered by the Lord. Sometimes God says, put the brakes on. 
Sometimes God says, hey, I'm putting this person in your path. I want you to help them. And we, sometimes we ignore. Sometimes we miss it because of point number one, because we don't see. Right? We don't see what God wants us to see. And sometimes we miss it because we're so busy. Everything's fast anymore. Everything. I mean, this guy come by us yesterday. We went to Pooler because we need a brain transplant. But we went to Pooler and, uh, and got something to eat. And we were coming home and there was this, um, this car, this, uh, what, what was it? Where did the cops drive? Charger. Uh, there's this charger, this white charger, driving like an absolute maniac. I mean, he was whipping in and out of traffic. He actually passed somebody in a turn lane to go right. I mean, he passed his truck, boom, and flew in front of his truck. And I mean, he was smoke. Apparently, he was in a hurry. Or he was an idiot, one of the two, or a little bit of both. But I mean, he was risking everybody else's life. We get to the stop sign, and there he sits. Isn't that a great lesson? I mean, as much as you get in a hurry... I mean, you can drive 100 miles an hour and you might shave off, you know, 15, 20 minutes on your, on your trip, on a long trip. And so, so many times we want everything fast. We want, we want fast food. How many times have you gotten a fast food line and had to wait forever and you complained? By the way, I think, it's a, I think that's a right to complain. It's called fast food. I do not want to wait 25 minutes. I'm not getting fast food. But, you know, if, if I did get fast food, I'm not waiting 25 minutes for, for a, a, a plastic hamburger, uh, a Chick-fil-A. I'll eat that. And they're pretty efficient. But what do we want? Fast, fast, fast. You know why? Because I got somewhere to go. I got something to do. I got somebody to meet. And I get it. By the way, we're all busy. So we can't use that excuse. And some people stop, and some people come along the way, and they see, and they stop, and they help, and they're a blessing. Some people are just too busy to show the love of God. And when you're too busy to show the love of God, you're the one that's going to be uh, uh, hurting because of it. We need to stop. Love moves us to have compassion. Love moves us to have compassion. If we say that we love God and we hate our brother, we are a liar. The Bible says we talk about how much we love God, but then we don't see and we don't stop. We don't make provision. We don't say, hey, sometimes there's, I've got this goal, you know, this, what I want to accomplish, but sometimes, you know, we got to stop here. We got to stop there. You ever, you ever been on vacation? When my kids were little, we did, we did vacation different than I do now. Now I do vacation like, I don't care what we do. Take the long way. I don't care what we do. We get there, we have something to eat, go back to the room, get in a recliner, read a book. When my kids were little, Mm-mm. No, no, no. We had an itinerary, and by golly, we were hitting every single thing on that itinerary. I mean, every single one. We got back from vacation. Anybody ever do it? Get back from vacation and go, holy smokes, I need a vacation. 
because you're more tired than when you left. And you get back and you go, 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 go. And you're going here and you're going to this park and you're going to here. And boy, on your way, you're going to stop here and all these things that you're going to, that you're going to do. But you know, sometimes now we'll kind of drive and Wendy will say, oh, look, there's a sign for a waterfall. You want to go check it out? Yeah, let's go. Go turn. Check it out. We ain't got to be nowhere. You know, I think I enjoy them now more than I did before. <laughs> Just that, that time where you can stop and, and, and you know what we always do? We always run into people. And my wife, she, she's yet to meet a stranger. I think she's related. She's like Forrest. Forrest had cousins everywhere. I mean, she's related to everybody. And if she's not, she's going she's gonna to know you by the, time, by, by, by the time that hour. You're standing in line, she knows the person in front of her and behind her. It's absolutely unbelievable. We went to the movies. It's been a while back. And we come in there and, and, uh, and sit down. It was, it was a low-budget movie. There wasn't a lot of people there. And we sat down front, and, and Wendy started talking to this lady. A single lady that was there sitting down. And, and they were talking like they'd been... Like, I was like, do you know her from Wee Ones? Do you know her from... She said, oh, no, 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 I met her in the bathroom. It's like, okay, that's not how guys do it. You know, we don't even, we don't even make eye contact in the bathroom, right? Let alone talk. Uh, but, they, but, but she gets to know these people. All, and guess what? When you get to know people, you get to know the need. And you get to be an encouragement. You get to share the love of God. You get to tell them about Christ. You use these opportunities that God has given you, but you have to stop. You have to, you, have to, you have to give yourself a few minutes to share the gospel or to share what God's done for you in your life or, or share what God can do in their life. It, it takes time. That's why we don't want to do anything, because we don't want to take time. Stopping, it involves stopping. Look at verse 34. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. You talk about going above and beyond. Paid two pence. By the way, two pence for the average wage earner was about two days' salary. Paid two pence to the innkeeper, said, take care of them. I'm leaving. When I come back through, if you get any more expenses, I'll pay those too. Do you know, you know how, you know those kind of people? Because God's put them in your life. Well, God's got these people and probably a name has come to your head right now of somebody that's been a blessing to you above and beyond. Somebody that didn't have to be. What a blessing it is. And every time somebody's that to me, I always wonder, who, who, who can I be like that to? Right? You know, everybody should have an Elijah, somebody that mentors them, somebody that teaches them. But you know, everybody should have an Elisha too. Somebody that you're teaching or mentoring. Somebody that you can come alongside and be a blessing and then help to? It's amazing to me. And if you do this and you, you, you take time for people and you invest in people, yeah, some people are going to step on you. Some people are going to use you. It's part of the human nature, okay? That's going to happen. But you know, 
If you just invest in one person and it makes a difference, just one. Sometimes you know you did it, and sometimes you don't even know you did it till later. Have you had somebody ever have somebody do this? So somebody did this to me not too long ago. Uh, uh, they uh, they called me and and was asking my advice about something. They had moved away, and uh, they're in the pastorate now. And and said, Pastor Joe, they said, I want you to know, I wouldn't be in the pastorate if it wasn't for you and God. I'm thinking to myself. Um, Okay, what, what did I do? I mean, you know me, I've got such a great memory. But I'm thinking to myself, I, you know, I remember them, and I remember being around them, and I remember trying to be a help and a blessing to them. And, but, but isn't it awesome when you invest in somebody, it makes a difference in their life? Isn't it awesome when you stop long enough to make an investment in somebody's life and they get saved? Many of you. Throughout the year, give to the Dalton Ash and Cooey Fund. It's one of our budget lines in our, in, our, in, our, uh, in our budget for a reason. Because that investment goes a long way. Matter of fact, out of the 22, four of them were adults that went as sponsors. But the rest of them were kids. Six of those kids got saved at the Wilds. If you gave $1 or if you gave $1,000, what an investment. How about missions? Do you give to Faith Promise? If you don't, you should. You know what that is? It's an investment. And every time somebody in you know, a, a, a country that we support, uh, uh, we support that mission, every time they get, they get say, you know what, you have a part in that. Because you invested not only financially, but you invested in, in prayer for that, for that missionary and for that family. You get a part in that. But I want you to know something. It, it takes effort. Showing the love of God takes effort. It takes time. It takes seeing. It takes stopping. And then watch this. Showing the love of God often takes sacrificing. Verses 34 and 35. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. He was not obligated to do this. This guy wasn't part of his family. By the way, many times we wouldn't even do that for our own family. Let alone a perfect stranger. Sometimes I think, I don't know about you, but I'm going to speak for myself tonight. Sometimes I think that we can get to the point and sometimes we can even get hardened to the point where we say, you know what, I went through those hardships, they need to go through them too. Hell, I, I mean, I, I had to build the bridge, they need to build the bridge. Now, I went through this difficulty, well, well then they need to go through this difficulty. Sometimes I get this idea, and it's not a far off idea. But sometimes I get this idea that these young people, they get married and they want everything mom and dad have that have been married for 40 years. 
but they want it year one. I want it right now. And by the way, the world gives you opportunities to have it right now. You have to pay for it later, but you could do that. And you think to yourself, you know what? Do you ever think this way? These young people today are just spoiled. Let me tell you when I was a kid. I always wondered. My dad always said, I always wondered. And I was smart enough never to ask. But I always wonder how you walked uphill both ways. In the snow. I mean, we didn't have this and we didn't have that. And, 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 and uh, my, my stepmother's uh, parents uh, were around when I was there. And, and, um, and we, call, we called him Paw Pete. And Paw Pete had this old truck. I mean, I'm telling you right now, that old truck right now is probably worth $60,000. I mean, it's, it was an awesome old truck. And my dad made me learn how to drive on this stupid old truck. And it had the gears on the column. Ever been in one of those? My dad would take me around and there was nothing, you know. It's like one stop sign in the whole county. And he'd take me all, but he always take me all the way around and all the way around to Barnes and we'd come around and there was a stop sign at the hill. I stalled that stupid thing every single time. But my poppy, I mean, he'd regale you with all these stories about how they didn't have this and how they didn't have that. And let me tell you right now, we work for a living and we don't... Blah, blah. And Papi, he was the military guy who would always say, Don't call me, sir, I work for a living. You know, he'd go into all these stories about how we have it so much better today. We do the same thing now. You know, we have it so much better than when, you know, I tell you, when I was a kid... Let me tell you, when I was in college, we used to have to borrow somebody else's computer because we couldn't, we couldn't afford to have a computer. So the person in the middle, was our, we used our computer, and they had dial-up. Anybody remember that? Kids don't have a clue today. They push a button, and it doesn't go boop. They go, what in the world is wrong with this piece of junk? We need to get fiber. We need to do duh. But you, we used to go online, click the button, and go make a sandwich before it, before it came up. When you come back and... Some of y'all remember that. And we say, well, I'll tell you something. They have it so... But let me tell you, we miss opportunities to be a blessing to our young people. We miss opportunities to see the hardships they're going through. Do you know the things they're facing? Can you imagine the things that they're facing today? I want you to know something. When I was in the Navy, I was on a ship that had all men. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. Nobody was coming out of any closets. There wasn't people that couldn't tell if they were a man or a woman. There wasn't any of those things when I was... I never had to face any of that stuff. Growing up, I never had to face any of that stuff. I'm sure it existed, but I didn't know about it. Today, our young people are being bombarded on every point. With all this craziness of this world, all the, all the politics of this world, and, and all the worldliness of this world, we are seeing more and more that we are living more and more in Noah's day. There ain't no doubt about it. If you don't see it, you are blind. You've got to open up your eyes. Awake thou that sleepest. 
and realize that these young people are facing disastrous stuff. And so what do we need to do? We need to see, stop, and sacrifice. How can I be a help? How can I be a blessing? What can I do? He stopped by this man. And listen, he didn't only see if he was okay and, and pull oil and, and, and wine into his wounds and, and help him. But man, he picks him up. He puts him on his beast. He takes him to the inn. He pays uh, for the inn. He pays uh, for the innkeeper to take care of him. He tells him, I'll pay when I get back. I don't know if the man was wealthy. I don't know. Of course, we know it's a parable. But I want you to know something. Jesus is saying something. Sometimes showing the love of God takes sacrifice. Takes sacrifice. And it's not, you know, sometimes we think sacrifice has to do with finances. Has to do with money. You can't sacrifice what you don't have, right? I mean, you ain't got money, you can't, you can't sacrifice it. So you say, well, you know, I don't ever have to sacrifice. No, 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 no. It's not all about money. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our time. Sometimes we have to sacrifice our talents, right? Sometimes it is our treasure, but whatever it is, God wants us to sacrifice so that we can show the love of God. Everything you have right now physically, you're not taking with you. If you die tomorrow, you leave it for your kids to fight over. Everything you have. I tell my, listen to me. I tell my in-laws all the time, spend everything. Spend it all. Make sure there ain't a penny left. No, they got the insurance policies that cover their burial and all that kind of stuff. I said, but just, just spend it all and enjoy it. I don't want your money. Don't want it. I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I tell my dad all the time. I, tell, I say to dad, listen, dad, uh, well, I'll have to confess. He has a really awesome coin collection, and I've already, I've already got dibs on that. But, um, but my sisters would sell the coin collection. I'd actually keep it. And so uh, I say, listen, I, dad, I don't want it. I don't want it. Use your money. Because listen to me, you can't take it with you. You know what money does? It often makes people miserable. It really does. You ever read anything about R.G. Letourneau? Anybody ever read about R.G. Letourneau? If you've never read anything about R.G. Letourneau, he was a businessman who got saved. And he built earth-moving equipment. So those great, humongous tractors and all these things, that he made all those things. And um, he's got a couple biographies. One is uh, Moving Heaven and Earth. And excellent biography. And R.G. Letourneau, when he got saved, he decided, before he was successful, by the way, he decided, what I'm going to do is I'm going to really sacrifice. I'm going to make it where I live on 10% and I'm going to give God 90. Now, I don't care if you're making $100 a week, if you're making a million dollars a week. That's, that's, that's sacrifice. And he started small, and then he became enormous. And from small all the way to enormous, he always gave away 90% of his income and lived on 10%. Sacrifice. I'm not here to tell you that you need to start tithing 90%. That's not my point. My point is, what are we sacrificing? Because so many times, 
We give because we're comfortable to give. It's not really a sacrifice. I've done this. I've honestly done this before with my kids. Somebody gives them the card and there's money in the card. I say to them, I want you to know that that was a sacrifice for them to give you that money. They did not have that money to give you. I want you to understand. Now, there are people that got it, right? There are people that it's not a problem for them. And it's a, a blessing that they can give that. You know, and I believe God used R.G. Laterno, uh, and he just, he just poured that money into him. Why? Because he was, uh, he was just using that money to be a blessing to others. I mean, there are churches and colleges and places all over the United States of America and literally all over the world that R.G. Laterno had a part in building. Making a difference in. Why? Because he learned what it was to sacrifice. And sometimes it's good to stop. And it's good to help. Sometimes it's good to take a step further. Sometimes it's good to put them up on your beast. Sometimes it's good to take them to the end. Sometimes it's good. You know what we're scared of? Maybe you're not. But I'm often scared. I'm going to get taken. When we were in Jacksonville and I worked for Brother Ralph, I was the associate there at his church. We always had, it was in downtown Jacksonville, or not downtown Jacksonville, but a Regency side of Jacksonville, and it was a very bad neighborhood, and we had people knock on the door all the time asking for stuff. Well, Pastor never handed out money, but he would always take them down to Kentucky Fried Chicken. And that Kentucky Fried Chicken had an all-you-can-eat buffet. And so he'd go down there and he'd pay um, you know, he'd pay for them to eat, whether it was one person or it was two, uh, a couple or whatever it was. And, um, of course, they're always going to see their mother, and it was always in Miami. I don't know why, but they got together, and that was their stories every time. And so, but we take them down to Kentucky Fried Chicken. So one time, preacher said, listen, he said, I got this, I've got, got this going on. I said, I need you to take this couple down to Kentucky Fried Chicken and, 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 and pay for the meal and, just, and then just leave. I said, okay. So I went down to Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I walked in with this couple. And the lady behind the counter said, whoop! I was like, whoa, oh, wait a minute. Are you having a seizure? What, what are you doing? She said, nope. She said, they are not allowed in here. I said, ma'am, I mean, you, 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 you can't do that. I'm, I'm fixing to pay for this. She said, every time that preacher of yours comes down here and pays for their meal, they wait for him to leave, and they come up and get their money back. Can, can I tell you, if you sacrifice, I promise you, let me tell you, let me promise you one thing. Somebody will use you. They will. I mean, they're, they, they got their story and they need money. They need, listen, they need money. They don't need money for gas. They don't need money for this. They need money for alcohol or cigarettes or something else. It's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Now, have a policy, by the way. Have a policy in place. My policy, I don't give out money. And I don't let anybody borrow money. If I know somebody and they want to borrow money and I have it, I give it to them. Or I don't give it, or I don't do anything. I don't want to, I never want to break a relationship because of money. And so uh, I have that policy. And so I'll take you and buy you a, a, a happy meal. I'll take you and buy, I've bought clothes. I've bought different things for people. And I have no problem doing that. Do I think that every single person that did that was honest? No, of course not. We're living in a dishonest world. But you, do you know that you're not responsible for their actions? You're only responsible for your actions. 
And I always think this. Do you ever think this? Because it's a fact, by the way. Do you ever think to yourself, what if that's an angel unaware? What if this is God saying, hey, I'm putting this person here. Are you willing to help them? Are, we, are you willing to take time for them? We had a guy knock on our door. It's very unusual here in, in Effingham County. But we had a guy knock on our door the other day, and I just happened to, uh, uh, to, to hear it. Usually I'm in my, uh, in my office, and I can't hear him knock on the door. But he knocked on the door, and I came out, and, man, he, was, he looked like he was struggling. And he, you know, he had a story. And I told him, I said, you know, we, we support the manor house for a reason. We send people to the manor house. And he'd already been to the manor house, and uh, they, were, they were already done, and they couldn't give anything else or whatever, whatever his story was. And I said, I'm sorry, we can't do this, but, you know, can I pray for you? Can, you know, can I, can I help you in any other way? We actually sat there and talked, and I had, I had you know, I had prayer with him, and he really appreciated it, and he seemed like a genuine guy. He may have been a farce. He might have got back in his car and went to the next church. I don't know. But I'm not responsible for that part. I'm responsible to show the love of God in every way I can. That doesn't always mean giving money. That doesn't always mean giving things. But it does mean taking some time to see. Right? Taking some time to stop. And taking some time to sacrifice not just for yourself, but for others. We have so much. Oh, speak for yourself, preacher. I ain't got nothing. Let me tell you something. Compared, you go ahead and compare yourself to some other people, and you got a lot. You have been blessed. You got a roof over your head? People are homeless. You got a car to drive? Are people that don't have a vehicle. Next time you get aggravated, I, I can't. St- I wish I was mechanically inclined. I wouldn't be so aggravated with vehicles. But it just seems like something always happens with vehicles. And by the way, those that are mechanically inclined, they charge a good amount of money for us that aren't mechanically inclined. And what a choice do we have but to pay it? And it's aggravating, right? I mean, you just, but you know what? I got a car. I mean, it's not new. Yeah, it's got over 100,000 miles on it. I mean, one of my best vehicles has got almost 200,000 miles on it. Honda Odyssey, man, those things don't ever quit. I mean, I'm limping that thing along. The windows broke. Don't, don't, that, that don't roll down. I got a piece of stick holding up the window so it don't fall down. And I mean, it's just, but it gets me back and forth to work. There's some people don't have a car. There's some people that don't have change of clothes. You know what I... I Sometimes I get embarrassed of myself when I look in my closet and I got polo shirts because that's all I wear, those dry fit polo shirts, and I got them lined up. I refuse to count them. I bet I got as many as JCPenney. Now, I find them at Goodwill. I'm not paying $80 for a shirt. You're out of your mind. I find them at Goodwill. I wear all the top brands. I find them at thrift stores, and I have them all lined up. And I got more than enough. Our, our, our ice machine, listen, this is how spo- I'm just talking about how spoiled we are. I'm just using me as an example. Our ice machine in our refrigerator doesn't make ice faster than we can eat. We, 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 we eat ice. We don't, we don't just drink it. We eat it. And so we have one extra person in our house 
the ice machine is always empty and it doesn't make ice. You know what we did? We bought an external ice machine. It's a good one too. Makes that chewy ice. Oh my goodness gracious. And it is fast. Take ice out of it. Keeps coming. Man, just keep. Isn't it, isn't it nice to have the money to be able to buy that? Isn't it nice to be able to do something for your kids? Isn't it nice to be able to go on vacation? Some people never get to do any of those things. I tell my kids, oh my, you talk about spoiled, my children are rotten. It's not just my fault. A lot of it's y'all's fault. Okay, you spoil them too. And our kids are spoiled rotten. And all the things that they've got to do, places they've got to go. I said, do you realize there are people that don't even leave their county their entire life? You've got to go here and there and do this and that. We have been blessed. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that when it comes to showing the love of God. When it comes to showing the love of God, it's going to take some sacrifice. And one day, it'll be worth it all. That, that, that knick-knack you bought or that book you bought or that whatever you bought, you ain't going to remember that. I mean, that's just going to fade in, into oblivion. That time that you invested in that young person, that time that you took to be a blessing to somebody else, somebody's house burnt and you were able to go and, you know, provide some things that they needed, those things are what's going to last for eternity. Heavenly Father, we come tonight thanking you for your love. We thank you for the love of God. We know that you are a God of love. And we enjoy and are so thankful for that love that is shed abroad in our lives. But I pray as your people that we would take that love, that love that you have loved us with, and that we might love one another. Not only here in the church and at home, but out in our communities. Help us to have eyes to see. Help us to take the time to stop and help us to be a sacrificial people that we might shed abroad in this world the love of God. Help us to be the light that you've called us to be and help us to shine that light bright through your love. There's hope and there's faith, but the greatest of the, of the three is charity, is the love that you've loved us with. I pray this week that you'd open up our eyes and help us to see, take hold of the opportunities that you grant us each and every day and help us to not only be, but help us to do. Help us to be in the center of your will, not being only hearers of God's word, but doers of God's word as well. Dismiss us with your blessing and give us a great week as we continue to prepare for Vacation Bible School. I pray that you'd give us a great Vacation Bible School this year, that you might be honored and glorified, that souls might be saved. Well, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you plan on going to the Jenkins anniversary, sign-up sheet in the back. God bless you. See you Wednesday.